Okay, I want to thank Chan uh, and David Begayer again for, for being Mizaka us and us being Mizaka them. There's some more Torah in the house. Let's continue on page Zion. Talking about taking care of our children and to have our priorities in the right place to know what is it that Hashem wants of us in regard to our children these last few minutes before Mashiach comes. That's really what we're learning. So on page on page Zion, occasionally I'm going to skip a little bit, but for the most part we're going to follow the Seder here. So on page Zion, paragraph above, follow inside if you have, to look inside with somebody. This Indian of Shmiras Hayaladim, of watching the children, which we've already learned is not just a question of knowing where they are, all that's part of, part of it, and being worried about their, their gloves and their hats and scarves and the rest of the stuff that they need. But the Shmiras Hayaladim, meaning to preserve their Kedusha, to, to preserve the holiness of the children. So he says, The closer that we the closer that we get to the days of Mashiach, This avoda, this work of Shmiras Hayaladim, of watching the children, of protecting and guarding the children becomes more difficult and becomes more urgent. We're very close to the coming of Mashiach. As we see from all the signs that have been revealed to the tzaddikim and chazal, that the closer we get to Mashiach, the greater and the stronger is the achrayis, the responsibility, ha'ol, and the tremendous, tremendous, uh, the, the, the feeling, uh, the, the overwhelming feeling of, of responsibility as far as our children is concerned, hashlichus and the tafkid, the job that we receive, that we have been assigned with from Hashem. Why is that? Why is it that as far as this, as far as this responsibility of shmiras hayeladim, of watching the children, guarding the children, why is this now than more now than ever before, before, before Mashiach comes? Because in these last few moments before Mashiach, as he's going to explain, as we know, the the flood of impurity that's in the world and the craziness that's in the world is not anything that our parents or grandparents had to contend with. They had to contend with different things, but not what our children have to grow up in. And because of that, the responsibility now, the main responsibility of parents is Shmiras Hayaladim, is watching the children, protecting them. The says that in Egypt, as you know, that we that the Jewish people fell into the 49th level of impurity. That means that we were one short of that horrible place of 50. If we would have fallen into the 50th gate of impurity, we wouldn't have been able to come out from Egypt. The Rechaim HaKadosh revealed that in our present Golas, and he was talking about hundreds of years ago, certainly now we are already in the 50th gate of impurity. So how come we're still keeping Shabbos and we say Mardahani and we're trying our best. So the Archimachar says because we have the Torah, thank God. In Egypt they didn't have the Torah. They didn't have a way out. 
you and I have, thank God, we have the Torah. We have a way out. But we're in the Sharan Nun. We're in the, we're in the, in the, in the 50th, that 50th level of impurity. The Tzaddik speaks a lot about this. What we see over and over again in the Svarim, and it comes from the Zohar Kaddish, is that there are generations from the beginning of time that are repeating themselves at the end of time. All of history is Maglev Sadiq is a circle. And the beginnings are connected to the ends. And right now we're at the end of history. And history, as I said, is not linear, it's circular. And at the end of history, we're meeting up again with the beginning of history. That's what the Zara says, that the souls who will come into the world at the end of time were those who failed to live up to their responsibility during the generation of the flood. That means that you and I, most likely, we were among those of the generation of the flood, of the Mabul, and the door of Migdal Bavl, the Tower of Bavl. That's now, at the end, we're connected to the very beginning. And what does that mean? And how does that affect us? HaKavana Bezeh HaYitzarim The Yitzharim is the the things that, the drives that are now in the world. HaKashim The difficulties HaNesyein is Shodor HaMabu Yavo Oud Pamlath May Biyas HaMashiach All of the all of the difficulties and all of the Nisyanus, the tests of that first, of that generation from the beginning of time, the generation of the flood, all of that is going to return before Mashiach comes. And that is the meaning of being in the 50th gate, the 50th place of level of impurity. Each Sadiq explains it according to his way. Anything that you and I learn in Torah, it's forever. When we're reading now the parashas, we're reading the parasha of, for instance, this past Sunday, today's, two, so a couple of days ago, I had this chus to speak in, in Connecticut to a couple of hundred psychologists and social workers on the subject of Shaduchim. That's what they wanted to talk about. On the subject, a very, very special chus of people on the subject of Shaduchim. And... I'm sure that they were surprised. They, they wanted me to give some like up-to-date things that I might have read in some journal, but I don't read journals, and, and, and I don't know psychology, but I was trying to explain some things that are from the Shidduch of Yitzchak and Rivka. And that's that first Shidduch that we see in the Torah. The only, that's, the, that's the first Shidduch that's described to us in the Torah. Many, many psukim, because one of the longest sections in the entire Chumash is devoted to all of the difficulties and the negotiations that led up to that, to that marriage of Yitzhak and Rivka, which, by the way, is the most romantic relationship in the entire Tanakh. And, and what's most interesting is that Davka, a person like Yitzhak, who none of us would, would, would think, if you would stop on the street and say, which one of the others would you think is most romantic? If we could use such a term by the others, not, not, not meaning in any way the way that it's used in the Narishkeit nowadays, nobody would say Yitzhak. Yitzhak, everybody would say, oh... You know, very great, not my type. <laughs> very, very great. Yitzchak is pachet, Yitzchak is thin, we're afraid. And from there, Davke from Yitzchak, you know, what an unbelievable shidduch, what an unbelievable shidduch, what, what a kirch of loving. It only, it only by Yitzchak does it say that he was metzachek as ishto. No, by nobody else in Tanakh do we see such, such a thing. So, in the word of Who said that? My daughter. 
Oh, well, this, he says that every every talk no, he gives. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sweet. So, so the so the, the so the the if we want to know if we want to know how are we supposed to manage with shidduchim now there's such crazy things. Somebody was saying at this conference there was a there was a therapist who was saying that she's having problems with, her, with shidduchim. People are complaining that they want to know whether this in this family whether there was a shidduch was broken off because they found out that the mother the balabusta that she put the chrein on the table in the jar instead of putting it a nice little silver thing with a little dainty spoon the shidduch was I shidduch. So I so I I said you know you're joking right? She said absolutely not. This is this is just something that happened that the shidduch was off. So then you wonder. Like how how do we contend with this? What do we what do we do with this craziness? And what's going to be without children? How do we you know? All of this is in the, everything is in the Torah. We just have to learn Torah in the deepest way we can, and to, and to see what it says in the Swam. Everything is there. Everything from the beginning. There's not one word of Torah that's not filled with eternity. Every word is mitzchias till the end of time. So if we want to know what we're going through, since the Zohar says that we that we at the end of time are going to be the generation of the flood coming back and being given this final chance to, br- to bring instead of a flood of water but to bring to that day where it says in the Navi that the world be filled with awareness of God like the oceans that cover this, the waters that cover the oceans that cover the world so our responsibility is to change the flood waters into waters of knowledge and we're living in this time an amazing time that's what the Zohar describes the floodgates that were opened up at that time when the Vilna Gaon came to the world and the Balshantov came to the world and secrets of Torah began to be revealed in the most accelerated way. It's amazing what we're living through. Changes that we're living through. Even even a technology and in science. A flood, a flood of, of unbelievable things that, that that's coming into our lives. But with the flood of information and with the flood of technology and progress and so on, there's, there's a flood of Tumah, the likes of which have, have not been since the beginning of time. Ukamait, the last four lines on the right hand side, Ukamosha Bishha Now, there was one family that managed to that managed to make it through the flood. And that was of course Noah. And how did Noah manage? He had a Teva. Him and his family lived on this amazing boat. Which we've spoken about all over the years in Shul, in Pashas Noah. What that means, Tevas Noach, the word Teva means a boat, it also means a word. In Hebrew, Tevas, like Rosh Tevas, the word Teva means a word. It means davening, it means learning, it means Jewish words, it means words of kindness from one Jew to another. But more than anything, what the Tevas Noach means is a protected place that floats above the craziness, that even though it's in the craziness, it's not affected or changed by it. That's what happened on the Tevas Noach, which he explains. Shehitzimikol ha'inyonim what we know in the Chumash, and, it's, and that's what's repeating itself now, what we know is that somehow in that boat, whatever remained of civilization was able to be rescued. That's what we know. From all the effects of the Mabul, whoever was in that boat was saved. And all of us were now, in this last generation, all of us were in that boat. And we were saved with that boat. We, of course, are the descendants of shame, and we are we therefore all of our neshamas together. We were we were there in that boat, and the neshamas of all of the future neshamas of the Jewish people were concentrated 
in that boat and was, was somehow rescued from the flood. The Kulanu Nitzalnu Mikoyach HaTevas Noach Kach also Dover Lufnei Biyas HaMashiach So it is before Mashiach comes. Kol Bayis Yehudi Every Jewish home. Kol Makam Torah Every Yeshiva, every school. Kol Kita Every class. Kol Shia, Kol Kolel Kol Makam Torah Humabchines Tevas Noach That's what we have. We have a Tevas Noach. Our Yeshivas, our homes have to have all of the qualities, the protective, insulating qualities of the Teva Snoch, hopefully without the smell, but everything else <laughs> should be there. <laughs> now you remember that the Torah tells us how Hashem repeatedly told Noah to make sure that the boat be properly tarred and covered and prepared outside and inside. It has to be insulated. And that also is going to be when little Moshe Rabbeinu, who contained within the entire future of the Jewish people, the Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu was on his little boat also, how Moshe Rabbeinu had to be sent out into the waters, and Moshe Rabbeinu was saved also in, that, in a similar way. And when it says in the Torah, on the inside and the outside, what, what, what the Tzadik here, the Tzimei is going to explain, as it says in the Svarim, that we have to protect our children, our homes have to be, and our yeshivas, our schools have to be in such a way where inside and out there's protection. And we have to see what that means. There are things, there are, there are things that are upsetting our children. There are things that, are, that might not seem to be upsetting them, but are upsetting their neshamas that are coming from outside, from the outside world from the non-Jewish world, from the secular world that they're, that, that they're subjected to just because they're here and they're living in our times. And then there are things that are inside the world, even inside the house, when there are parents, Hashem Yerachim, parents who do not treat each other in a respectful way, in a loving way. I was just at a parlor meeting about, uh, for a certain yeshiva where the, where the head of the yeshiva read a letter from a boy that the boy wanted to be read at the parlor meeting where this boy was living in a, in, a, in a home with an abusive father and he was the only witness to see his father kill his mother and the mother it's a religious, an orthodox home and the mother was the only person in his life he said who ever loved me and in front of his eyes his father killed his mother and he's in this yeshiva so here you have a situation obviously it's very very extreme Hashem Yerachim but a situation where where a boy was raised in such a home where it wasn't the outside world that destroyed him, it was inside his own house. And therefore, Hashem warns Noah that the boat has to be covered outside and inside it has to be. It has to be carefully coated, outside and inside. It's not just a matter of protecting the children from the outside, and we worry about that, but to make sure that the inside of the home is a home where the children feel loved, and they feel that it's a place of warmth, and they feel the beauty of Torah, they feel that their parents' greatest, greatest nachis is that they should be learning and growing and so on as we're going to continue and see much more as we, as we move through the countries. Let's continue in paragraph 7. Zion. Hashem is brought tzivah l'noach sheyivnes So Hashem commanded Noach to build this boat. V'yizgar heitev heitev es And also, it's interesting that he warns Noach, Hashem warns Noach, but also... Hashem warns him over and over, make sure to close it and shut it very tight. 
as if somebody who's going through a mabul would not know that he has to close the door. You know, uh, honey, shut the windows, please. The, 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 you know, this is the mabul. This is not, uh, this is not a, a drizzle. So, Hashem Baruch says over and over, close it, shut it, lock it, cover it, over and over. Yizgur v'yekadish v'yetayr is a teva You know what that means? That means that Hashem is telling us, here we are again, the generation of the flood, a different kind of flood. And Hashem is telling us to close, to close, to close our little world, to, to surround our world, and to purify our world. Be'hurei with real thoughts of returning to Hashem. And with this we can build what will protect and rescue and save. What's called in the terminology of Hasidus and Kabbalah, Oros Hamakifin, surrounding lights. We're not going to go into that, this is not a class for that. But everybody knows that there are certain mitzvahs that are surrounding type of mitzvahs. They're more embracing mitzvahs. For instance, we were talking before about Shaduchim. A chuppah. A chuppah is a surrounding, the marriage is a surrounding mitzvah. By Sadim and by German Jews, they put it, they put the talus over the Chazan Kali, right? Mamish on them. They put the talus by the Sadim and by the Germans. The surround German Jews, they're surrounded in the talus. The talus, the mitzvah of wearing a talus is also a, a makif. It's a surrounding, hugging, embracing mitzvah. The Kala walking around the Chazan. All of that is to create a wall, to create a aris makif, and it's called surrounding lights, which in Kabbalah is a very big thing, but how Hashem made the world, that's not for now. But it's called aris makif, the sukkah is a makif. The sukkah surrounds you, the schach means covering, you're surrounded with that. When Hashem gave the Torah, He held a mountain over our heads. There are, There is an aspect of Torah that's surrounding, embracing. The sukkah is a makif, the lulav, however, is called an inner light, an orknimi. Right? The talus is surrounding, the tomb is inside. The lulav, according to the Rizal, where do you bench lulav? You bench lulav in the sukkah. Right? I mean, it's fine to bench someplace else, but, the, but according to the Dari, you should bench, you should bench lulav in the sukkah if you can. Why? Because then you have a connection between the surrounding light and the filling light. Even the ring that's placed on the finger of the kala, the ring is a surrounding light, and the finger is, the, is an inner light. And all of these things between makifin and chninian, surrounding all worlds and filling all worlds is a very big union in this farm. For us, it's not important right now to go into that. However, the Tevas Noach, this boat of Noach, and every Jewish home, which is modeled after the Tevas Noach, every Jewish home is certainly a surrounding light. What we know about surrounding Oris Makifen is that they have, they have the unique ability to isolate, to protect, to purify, and so on. So the Teva Hayah also Bechinas Kedusha Shel Hamikdash. We know from the Zohar and the other Svarim that the Teva of Noah was holy like the Beis Hamikdash, which of course is also a surrounding light. The Jewish people enter into that amazing place called the Beis Hamikdash, which surrounds us in holiness. Umishkan v'anane kavit the clouds of Hashem's glory in the desert also. Of course, after which we have the sukkah, surrounding lights. Kedusha shel sukkah shel tzitzis, at the talus that's worn, the surrounding light. Shel miklat, when you have a person who accidentally killed someone, he runs to the ir miklat, he runs to the city of refuge. That doesn't only mean physically someone who, who has killed someone, 
and it doesn't. And even though right now we don't go to the Ir Miklat, but it means that Hashem provides a, a, a refuge. As we see, the David Melch always spoke about Hashem is Gabi. Hashem is my place of refuge. Hashem is my place to hide. I hide in Hashem. I hide within Hashem's embrace. So too, there's a city of refuge, which means that no matter what a Jew has done, he could return to Hashem and he could find he could find a, a hiding place in Hashem. Hashem covers me and hides me in his tent. All of these, all of these are, are, are in the category of Oris Hamakifim. We know that those mitzvahs, those those um, aspects of our lives that are called makifan or makifos surrounding, they have the greatest power, the greatest ability to save us from the dangers of the mabul of the flood. Shall bilbul. Mabul, of course, is from the word bilbul, confusion. Which is also the Migdal Bovel, the Tower of Bovel. Also, the word Bilbul, which means bewilderment and confusion. The word Mabel, as Rashi says in Chumash, is also the word Levalos, Nevale Esakol. It erodes everything. It erodes. It wastes away. Think of the values that we had, that, that we heard of 20, 30, 40 years ago, and the values that are now, that are in the world, the erosion that's taken place in this list generation of the flood. The erosion of things that people took for granted that now every day in the newspaper there's, there's actually one of the states of the union voted that, that, that there could be people marrying each other uh, of the same gender, which is a pachad, which as you know was something that took place in the generation of the flood. It's a pachad. It's something if you think about it's better not to, but the realization <laughs> the realization that this is taking place uh, and, and it's not very hard for us to, want to believe when the Zohar says that it's the generation of the flood happening again, because because that kind of craziness, that kind of lunacy, and and that 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 type of perversion is something that goes back to the period of the of the bilbul of the flood, when there's a confusion of what's what what is it, what's a family bichlal, and you want to go out in the street and scream, are you are you all crazy? And people talk about this like like it's a normal thing where any decent human being. 20 years ago, a decent, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a, 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 a Jew, a decent human being, what if, what if a few years ago said that this can never, ever, ever be, and it can because it once was, and, and it's not finished, it's just, now it's, it's, we see that it's moving towards, as we get closer to Mashiach, the billable, the marble, the, the bilui, the erosion of everything that was, that was holy, that was real, that was, that our parents and grandparents took for granted, is, is, is being destroyed and our children are growing up in such confusion if you read the, if you if you look at the children's books I've mentioned this very often in Shiram the children's books the typical children's books the, the nice books any book that is that is three four or five years old as opposed to the ones you know the, the, the old ones and, and you look at the erosion of values the meaninglessness of, of the family in the books you follow what's happening in Disney even in Disney which is it's, which has always been the most wholesome in America, right? The most wholesome way to have fun and entertainment in America has always been Disney. If you think about what, if you think about what's been coming out from that place, and the emptiness and 
a world without parents, a world without structure, a world without family. It's it's a pachet. And, and and the children are feeling less and less protected. They're feeling more and more vulnerable. And the tevas noach that is necessary, the boat, the oris makifen, the hugs, the talus, the chuppah, right? The sukkah. All of that which children must have. As adults, it's it's very difficult for us to, to live without it. Could you imagine that 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 as far as as far as as children are concerned, it's a, it's it's almost impossible. There are homes where children are, are embraced. It doesn't have to just mean physically with hugs. Of course, that's necessary, but with words. I had a conversation with a couple um, the other day, not from here, but uh, I was talking to a couple that uh, the wife said. They were sitting in front of me. The wife said, "So I said, looks, uh, you know, like he starts everything okay. But you know that it's not because otherwise they wouldn't be visiting. <laughs> so unless he has to tell about some sin or something. So, so she said, uh, she said, no, my husband really doesn't talk to me. So I looked at him and I said, is that true? So he said, you know, he looked very hurt. He had that like." horrible hurt look and he went back a little bit and he looked at her and and he said just just yesterday last night we spoke for like an hour and a half you know we were talking about the, about the, this kid and that kid and about uh, Yossi and Beryl and Shmerel and Chana Rivka Leia and you know whatever we were talking about all the different things and about school and about we were talking about so I, I said um, I don't think that's what she meant I don't think that's what she meant I mean, she's saying she knows that you had a conversation last night, but the words were not makifun. They were not surrounding words. They were not embracing words. They weren't, there was, there's no intimacy. When, 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 when your wife is saying that my husband is not talking to me, she didn't say that you didn't tell her that you got a ticket, a parking ticket during the day. But she was saying that there wasn't a word that was, that was a, a, an embracing word. And, and the children that grow up in a house where there's no makifun, where there's a, a, where there's a lack of embraces, Words and and in every other respect, when children grow up like that, they're growing they're growing up in a world that's a marble mamish, and they're desperately in need of a tevis noach in order to make it through the bilbul. So that's what he's explaining. Therefore, the tzaddikim have thought. That every single Jewish home, before Mashiach comes, and every yeshiva, call by Yehudi Kadam Biyasa Mashiach, Yeshlo is a kedusha shal teves Noach, has the holiness of the boat of Noach, shal beis hamikdash. When you walk into the house, you have to be walking into a place that's a beis hamikdash. Mamish. I know it sounds like it's oh that's a nice thing to say. It it it, this, it doesn't mean it's a nice thing to say. It is not it is not the literature. That a Jewish home nowadays can't afford to be anything less than a Beis HaMiktish. And a Beis HaMiktish is not established by having a nice china cabinet with a lot of bechers, you know, silver bechers, and a big menorah. That's not how you make a Beis HaMiktish in the house. It's what's, what's, what happens in that house, how people speak to each other in the house. What do people do when they have time off and they're relaxing in the house? How is the phone being used in the house? What kind of conversations? Shabbos, Shabbos is Tevas Noach, of course we spoke about many times. That's why Noach means Menucha. Noach means Shabbos. As it says in the Zohar, Noach is Noach Matzah Bama Noach. Yonah Matzah Bama Noach. 
Shabbos means that the whole week of the children are out in the world and nowadays many of the wives are out and the husbands are out and then they have this one day where they can come back into the Tevis Noch and if not for that Tevis Noch, if not for that boat, the Mamish can't survive. They might look like they're surviving, but their values are being slowly eaten away. The Kedushas you saw, the holiness is being eaten away, is, is slowly eroding. And, and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. What does that mean? That's of course referring to a husband and wife. Which Chazal say that Zohu, if the husband and wife are relating to each other in the way that they're supposed to, then the Shekhinah, the divine presence, dwells between them. So that that's a house of the indwelling of the Shekhinah where a husband and wife talk to each other lovingly. And the, ch- when the children come home because the children feel so often outside the house they're unbelievably vulnerable and, and they're frightened. And what they need more than anything is to be able to come into a place where they feel secure and they feel this is a base of You have, I had, uh, there was, there was a, a, a 14-year-old boy that I was talking to recently that said that he hears his parents, he hears his parents fighting so much and that, and, that, and that the other day he heard them talking about getting divorced and he didn't tell this to anybody and they thought he was sleeping. And, and he was crying. I didn't know what to do with him. He was just crying and crying and crying. That's the falling apart of his entire world. It's true that sometimes, Hashem Yerachim, that's part of the flood that we're in with marriages, what's going on. It's true, but the children are Rahmanas. And when that has to happen, sometimes it happens. Sometimes, sometimes people make wrong choices, or at the time it seemed like it was the right choice, but later on it turned out not to be. For that time, maybe it was, and now it no longer is. And Hashem gave a parish in the Torah of divorce. But under those circumstances, all of this is squared ten times. To try to be able to create for those children who have to be in a home where there is, unfortunately, where there is sadness and separation, how to give the children still a feeling of security. And of being a Tevas Noah. And that should be, and that, and, that, and that if there are any disagreements between a husband and wife, how, they should be, how the children should be kept away from that. And don't think that when you're shushking in the room and the kids are 10 feet away behind the door at, at, and just because it's 1 o'clock in the morning, don't think that the kids don't know what's going on. A cloud, the kids know everything. Just about everything the kids know. And the kids also pick up on parents when a husband and wife when the shechin is not between them. When they're not living together in a way of holiness, the children understand it. And even though they might not understand it intellectually, then the shamas know when their parents are not living together in the right way. When it's not the Gidusha, and when they don't respect each other, the children know all of that, and and it's and it causes them it causes them a very very deep fear and a very deep pain. They're stuck in the marble, and the only place they were able to trust that they could be protected from the marble is in the house, and and they're not finding that. The yeshiva is supposed to be part of that too. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It depends. Ukradi Barnu. The Panim HaKodmos, we've discussed this earlier. Shekosu Mechazal HaKadoshu Mitzadikim Bekava Yosheh VeYisaydeis V'Ot Tzadikim It says in the Svarim, Shekol Mokim Shalomdim Shom Yilomdim VeYilodim Any place where children are being taught, Bokhrim, where you're learning, they're learning with boys, Tinokosh HaBesrab, and the little children, Yeshuzeh Kedushas Beis HaMikdash. That that yeshiva, that school has the Kedush of the Beis HaMikdash. Kedushas Ashkina, Kedushas Dal Amashal Halacha, the holiness of the four cubits of, of Torah. The truth is, every Makam Torah is like that. But especially, especially with little children. 
Because little children, their Torah is without sin. That's why we spoke about this in the past, that when, whenever there have been God forbid Tzaras for Klai Yisrael, that, that the... Um, and it reminds me that the learning tonight should be to the Mezak of the Chayla, Moshe Dov ben Bina, the Yisrael, Rufu Shalem, Sashar Chal Yisrael. That whenever there's Tzaras, whenever there's Tzaras within Klai Yisrael, so the children are gathered together, to Tehillim and Tefillahs, and so on. So, why? Because children, children are sinless. They're like the two angels in the base of Mikdash. Pnei Ravia, Kruvim, the Gemara says, they're called Kruvim because they had the faces of children. Those two angels by the Kadosh Kadoshim, they, they had the faces of children. Zel Kredos Kadoshim. That means that anywhere where there are little children, it's the Holy of Holies. That's what it means. Wherever there are little children, it's the Holy of Holies. Zel HaLifnai V'Lifnim. That's the Lifnai V'Lifnim. When you have little children, even though you could be someplace far away from Yishalayim, wherever there are little Jewish children, you should know that you are mamish lifnai v'lifnim, you are in the place of the Beis HaMikdash, you are in the Kedj HaGadosh HaMamish. Hayikar mitninim, more precious than pearls. Zel mamish page ches. Zel mamish kedushas Beis HaMikdash, or kedushas HaTeva. Bring you together with children, again it's with all children. And the Chlal, wherever Jews are, but particularly little children, but all children. It has the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash. It has the Kedusha, the holiness of the Teva. Ba'yis Yehudi, Mokim Torah. The Jewish home, the place of Torah, where they're learning Torah. Yeshul is a Kedusha Shalateva. And because it has the Kedusha of the boat of Noach, the Teva's Noach, Rezeg Yesh Korach Lahatzil U Lahagein Bebchines Ufros Aleinu Sukkas Shlomecha. That that house... And that yeshiva, that classroom, has the koach, really the only koach, to save and to protect our children. As we say in the davening, ufros aleinu sukkas shlomecho. We ask Hashem to spread over us the sukkah of peace. That it should be in Yerushalayim. Right? Ufros aleinu sukkas rachman l'chaimish. Ha'pray sukkah shalom aleinu v'akol amo yisrael v'al Yerushalayim. That we ask all the time that Hashem's bro should, should put us back in his sukkah. Harachman Huyakimon was Sukas David Hanafelas. To protect us again with the Sukas David Hanafelas. So every Jewish home is now a Kurdish Kadoshim. You know, I'll tell you an interesting thing. There's, there's something else here. It said in the parasha, it said, Yitzhak Bami Boro Be'er Lachai Roi. It says that Yitzhak returned to the place of the Be'er Lachai Roi, Yitzhak Avinu. So it's an interesting thing there. It says why, that this Svarna discusses why does the Torah have to tell us that he went back to that place that's called Be'er Lachai Roi. Why did he go back there? So if you have a chance to look in the Svarna, Svarna says a beautiful thing. He says that he wanted to go back to the place where Hagar had davened. Now, what was that place? So, the, so Svarna says that in that place, Hagar has screamed and cried that Hashem's book should have Rachmanis on, on Yishmael. And Yishmael is not, so, is not from the finest, uh, right? He certainly would rate nowadays as a child at risk, a boy at risk, yeah? <laughs> Even though according to Chazali, the Tshuv at the end, certainly, certainly all of these children will for sure come back. But Yishmael, Yishmael was, was not from the, from the finest uh, children. But that's a place where there was a mother that didn't give up and she was crying. She didn't know what to do. I mean, she gave up because she didn't know what to do, but she was crying, crying, bitter tears. And in that place, so so could you imagine, Yitzchak, the Svanah says that Yitzchak wanted to go daven there. 
he wanted to go back to that place to daven because he felt it was a holy place where there was a mother who cried that that's a holy place that's what Svana says and I was thinking can you imagine that what does that mean that I, there's nothing that's, there's nothing that Hashem that Hashem listens to more than than a father or a mother who's who's crying who's worried about a child not just worried and I'm not talking about being worried whether he's going to have a 1200 in his SAT or a 1280 in his SAT all Jewish children should be and whatever they do but I'm not talking about those kind of tears but if the tears of, a, of parents who dive in that the children should go in the right way I don't remember once once in my house my mother taking her hands off her eyes by candlelighting and not, not her face not being wet I don't remember once and how long she stood there you know, we had to go to shul again. My mother was standing there for such a long time. And, and, she, and she still does. And she's still each one of the children and the grandchildren. And tears. Oh, my mother was a whole thing. And, and uh, you know, my mother didn't go to yeshiva. She, she uh, the, the base medrash that she studied in was in, was in Auschwitz. She never went to a yeshiva. And, and, but those feelings of a mother by the candles, okay, I tell you, you know, I'm sure you've learned, you've read, you've heard, you've seen, you've seen, you've had mothers like mine. They should all be well. All of our mothers should be healthy and well. But, but those feelings, those when a mother lights candles, what? You know what, what the mothers are pile? It's the holiest, holiest time of the week. It's standing in the base of Mikdash, Mamish, and Yom Kippur. Lift my listener. When you're saying those tefillahs. Yitzchak Avinu went back. He wanted to daven in that place. He felt this is a holy spot. He wanted to, know, he wanted to go back to the place where Hagar daven for Yishmael. And Hagar was crying. And her mother was crying. Because she was worried what's going to be with my child. What's going to be? What's going to be? And how much and how much uh, a mother could be piled. Not only for her own children. How much she could help other Jewish children. And then when you light candles Friday night. To daven so strong. That, that even though we might be fortunate. Those of us, thank God, who have children, that we're fortunate that our children, we know where they are and that they're home and they're healthy and they're okay. And how many parents now they don't know where their children are? And how many and how many parents and how many parents? I told I I mentioned I was talking I had a conversation with my mother. My mother was my mother was very upset about American soldiers being in Iraq, that they that they're there and that they're away from their homes. So she throws that in also to a candlelighting. To help them out too, and for those mothers who don't who, who aren't, don't know how to daven, or don't know what davening is, you know, there's so many there's so many homes that are broken, and gashmis and ruchmis and children that are away from the parents, and that are away from holiness. And when a, when a Jewish mother cries for for her children, I don't want to cry for her own children, but for all of us and as well as children. There's so many children that have drifted away from their homes. You know how much how much you could accomplish. There's nothing as great as the tefillahs of a mother. And, and every Jewish mother is a mother of all Jews. Every Jewish mother is a mother of all Jews. That's not just your own children. It's every Jewish child is your, is your child. And you know that. Because anytime something, God forbid, ever happens to any Jewish child, every one of you is a mother to that child. Men don't have that karech that a woman has. Chava is the aim kol chai, right? Adam was not called the av kol chai. Only Chava was called the mother of all life. Adam wasn't called the father of all life. So that's a kayak that a woman has, that a, that a Jewish mother has. How many tefillahs and to cry and to be and to be old-fashioned and not to not to think about any of the narish kite when you're lighting candles. 
even to put on a thing that looked like your grandmother or the grandmother's wore, to put on a shmat and to go and to go and to bench lift and to light candles the way that our grandmothers lit candles with the burnish that, that there's nothing that can be piled big Yeshua's that could be more salvation to Jews than, than, than Jewish mothers who are crying over Jews. It's a Kodesh Kadosh Mamish. It's the holiest time of the week. It's like you're standing a Kangal in the Vesem Mikdash. So a person has to have Yeshiva because you know how badly you know how badly the sudden comes to take away that moment, right? You know that this one, this one, this one lost this, and this one screaming that. And what's happened, it's such a time of, of craziness, no matter when Shabbos comes out. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Whether Shabbos is at 7.30 or Shabbos is at, Shabbos is at 4 o'clock. It makes no difference. Those last moments before candlelighting is the marble is very, very strong. Very strong right before candlelighting. And Hashem Baruch is saying to each and every one of you, precious daughters of Israel, don't let this marble confuse you. Don't be confused. You now are entering the base of Mikdash. Everything's quiet, quiet, doesn't make a difference. It'll, it'll be okay even though something is not 100% in place. And even though this is not the way it's supposed to be. It's still going to be okay. But not to, God forbid, get upset, not to get angry, not to raise your voice, not to, not to lose that moment of Yishev Adas that you have candlelighting. That's the most precious time of the week. And the Eighth Sahara, the Sultan does anything possible to take away candlelighting. Not actually lighting candles, everybody lights candles, but to take away the presence of mind and a certain peacefulness. And to have a certain quiet that you should be able to say good feelers, and you should be able to concentrate, and you should be able, to, the children should be able to feel that it's a very special and warm time in their lives. That they should be able to think back 70, 80, 90 years from now, and to remember, wow, how my mother lit candles. That's something that children, that children live with their entire lives. And the same way that it says that by Yosef Atzadik, when he was in trouble, he, what happened when he when he was being tempted, he saw the image of his father. So that's, you see what our children need in their lives is to be able, when they go through difficult times, to see the image of their parents and to be able to be brought back and to be able, no matter where they go, to see that image. So you have to ask yourself, what are my, what are my children going to see 50, 60 years from now? Are they going to see me like, you know, being all angry and upset? Are they going to see me like falling asleep with the remote control falling out of my hands, you know, and like, you know, like... You know, and, and, and like some potato chips tipping over. <laughs> what are they going to remember? Like, what are the images? What are the images that are going to be in our children's eyes and their minds 50, 60 years from now? Or 10 years from now? When they're someplace and they need something to pull them out, they need a Tevas Noah. Each and every one of us is Mamisha Tevas Noah for our children. We have to pull them out. They're gonna, they're, they're, if they're living, when they're living with us, is good, but when they go away from the house and they're on their own, and we're not there to follow them around. And they have to make decisions, and they're going to be—they're going to be difficulties for them. They're going to be tempted by many, many things. What are they going to remember? What's going to pull them out of that time? Only the image of Yaakov Avinu, only the image of a father and a mother. Those memories and those thoughts of, of my parents—that they're Jews, that the Jews who are committed to holiness, and that I come from a place as a teva snoch, and therefore it wouldn't become—it wouldn't become a person who comes from such a base and make this to go into a place like this. I don't belong in this place. I shouldn't go into this place. It's not for a person. Not for someone who comes from a base of Mikdash. But if the house itself is not a Tevis Noach, if the house is itself a place where there are no walls and no boundaries, and if the house is a place where there's, God forbid, confusion, so that when the children go out into the world, they don't have that point of reference. They don't have that Tevis Noach to return to in their minds and their hearts. And then they become very, very vulnerable to all the crazy things that are out there. 
the children who are the children who have a strong tevas nalach, anywhere they go in the world they'll be okay. Anywhere in the world they'll be okay. Those who do not have a tevas nalach, you could put them in the most super duper deluxe yeshiva program and dress them up like the biggest basiato girl and biggest you know brisker, whatever you want in the world. You could put on the entire outfit. But if the tevas nalach is on a tevas nalach, there's gunishness health it's not going to help. It'll, it'll be okay like uh, for a while when they're little, you know, whatever, look okay. They have the right uniform and everything looks okay. But when they're, when they're out in the world and they have to find themselves, that's not going to be a Tevis Noah. When they think back on their parents, they have to remember their parents speaking to each other in a loving way. They have to remember a house that was free of Tumah, free of all the impurities that are in the streets nowadays. And they know that this is my house is a place where I have a point of reference for holiness, for pureness. That's what they have to remember when they think of their parents. The column is sham. I'm sorry, back. Uh, yeah, with the last sentence. The zayish is a karshal arve mikvah tiyachal hat l'tapa pechkes. So, so the same way that the cities of refuge in the time in the time of, of the Torah, we had cities of refuge. So now every Jewish house has to be an ir mikvah, has to be a city of refuge. That no matter what goes on, I, I still can remember the feeling that I always had. The feeling that I had when, when I was a little kid, I mean, so already a while ago, the feeling of when the school bus would come around the corner and I would come to my come to my block. I mean, it was a special it was a special feeling that I that I really remember living for every single day. I would never tell that to my parents, you know. But but I remember that, and I remember my mother always by the window and standing there and looking, and that and that that, that coming back. And, you know, I was I was, a, I was a regular kid with all the guys and had a good time and. The, 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 we all made like we didn't care about anything, you know. The regular stuff the kids do, like we don't care. Mother, oh, you have a mother? <laughs> you know, who cares? Yeah, my mom, she's always on my case. You know, the, except we didn't have that term, that case. But, you know, we, we, we had the, the, the kids, the way kids were always, oh, yeah, but I challenged to come. When that bus came around the corner, especially if I had a dirty look from the teacher that day, or especially if the teacher caught me without my homework, and I got an angry word, especially if I had to go into the, into the principal's office, and I just was waiting, counting the minutes to go to, to get onto the block and to, and to be able to come to the house and to see that familiar face. And, and my mother didn't have to say anything, although she always did, and the kisses and the hugs. It wasn't, that wasn't, it, just to be able to be there. That was, that was the Tevas Noach that, that, that all of us need so much. And nowadays it's becoming harder. How many of the children are coming home and no one's to blame their, their difficulties and sometimes we create our own difficulties. Many of the mothers are not home when the children come home. So what does that mean if every day a child comes home to a, to a stranger? A stranger. You have people that they talk about their help, like, you know, oh, she's just as good as a mother. There's no such thing. I heard somebody once tell that to me. I said, I said, you know, you have somebody in the house, uh, and this mother is never home. She just comes home like at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. And, and the children are always being greeted by, by this person. So he says, well, she's like, she's like uh, a second mother to them. And I was very, very taken aback by such a comment. Not to say that she's not a wonderful person, but that's just not, that's just a delusion. And, and it's, it's said that there, that there are intelligent Jewish mothers and fathers who actually believe that, that, that there's somehow a way to replace a mother being at the, at the door when the children come home. How important it is for the children that their mother should be there when they come home, it's not always possible. Because the difficulties, there's so many pressures. Nowadays, there's so many pressures of the Panas, it's so hard. And, the, and just to be able to send the kids to yeshiva, you have to be like a gvir. You have to be rich to send the kid to yeshiva. And there's so many challenges nowadays. But then, for those people who it is possible to be home, and the children and the children do not have that when they come home because the mother is, uh, you know, the mother's in the mall, 
or the mothers, uh, the mothers at the face uh, at the exercise of the aerobics, all those good things that I I certainly know that everybody deserves and everybody needs. Right? There's there's a good friend of ours that she she also is very very big on exercising. It's a very close friend of my wife's. She walks on the boardwalk in Atlantic Beach, but at six o'clock in the morning, not on the children's casual. She has the same hour exercise, but she pushes herself to get up to get up at five thirty in the morning because she doesn't want it to be on their casual. There are there are people who can do that. You know, everybody has different situations, and please don't interpret anything that I'm saying ever ever as being a way of criticism. I have the deepest respect for parents, and I'm struggling myself just to try to be. Try to be, you know, to, to be as good as I can, but but really we have to think of, how, of, of what it means, and we shouldn't take it for granted that the children need to be able to wake up with their parents, to go to sleep, and see to see the mother to come home if possible, to come home from school, to have the mother there, if possible. It's such an important thing. Obviously, the person has to be at work, but but those times that you don't have to be at work, you don't or you don't have to be away, and it's just a question of you, you know you're being someplace else. It's it's haval. It's chaval, because every single time you're there, you know it seems like nothing, and it seems like your kid couldn't care, and after all, the girl that's there, or whoever greets them, or the siblings, they're fine, everything is fine. It's not the same. It's just the Yitzhahara that tells you that it's the same. It is not the same. It never can be the same. Nothing can ever replace the presence of a mother. There's no such thing. <clears throat> and it's not just, God forbid, when a Jewish woman dies, that everybody stands there crying and making speeches about Gewalt, Gewalt, what's going to be, what's going to be, there's no mother. We have to think like that every single moment of our lives. That, that, that there has to be a mother. That's, that everything that the child needs in life is, is from that feeling of attachment to the mother. Every single thing that that kid is going to be has to do with that feeling of security, of knowing that the mother's there for them. And there's nothing that's more important. You know, even I would I would even take the risk of saying, even if it means living someplace that's more affordable, but just that the mother should be able to be there. Even if it means doing without certain vacations or certain times away, even though everybody deserves it. Everybody deserves it. Nowadays you have situations it's such a common thing. I was talking about this a lot in the summer for the Khervok thing. You have that there are that there are parents that they leave their kids for two, three weeks a year, a month a year. To leave with, 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 with the grandparents. Cut them call. I thank God the grandparents now are younger than they ever used to be. <coughs> Baruch Hashem, we're living in a time they're young grandparents. I never knew that there was such a thing growing up that there was such a thing as Jewish grandparents at all. I thought that only I thought only Goyim had grandparents. I never really, in my friends, in our little circle, I never knew there was such a thing as Jewish grandparents who are you know in this world. But there are young grandparents. But there are still, it's still, if you think about it, I mean, I know it doesn't sound nice to say, it's not by criticism. You have you have parents that because they have difficulties and challenges, that they'll leave children with, with elderly grandparents. With, or even if they're not old. But they certainly, they certainly deserve a little maneuver, you know. And you'll have parents that'll, live, that'll leave their kids, that'll leave families for weeks, a year, with, with grandparents to, to give baths and to take care of and to dress and to take... Because they because they feel overwhelmed, so they give to the they, and of course they said my my parents meaning the grandparents they enjoy that that's always the code word for my enjoyment is more important so I'm going to actually believe that uh, that a 60 year old woman or a 70 year old woman enjoys bending down and cleaning up a baby I mean, is that the most ridiculous thing you ever heard 
But but you know the SR is so big that you can actually make up these crazy stories. And because the, because our parents are such Sadiqim, they are unbelievable. All the parents the Sadiqim Sakanias, and we do it, and we'll do it, Mr. Sam, lovingly. But that's not the way the Baruch Shalom wants I mean, if certainly if you have to leave the children, it should be with grandparents. That's that's for sure. But but it's not the way it's not the way the Baruch Shalom wants. It's not the Rotsun of Hashem that we should do such a thing occasionally. But this whole thing, like I got to get away, you got to get away. You, know, you don't want to get married, you have kids. This is what it's about, you know. Too bad. You want to get away. So you're not going to get away, I mean, you do what you have to do. But the whole thing about like disappearing and leaving children for weeks on end during the year, there are people that leave for two, three weeks over the course of a year, an entire month. And that's besides that the children go to camp, and camp is a good thing for them, and it's, it's a very good thing for them. Because children, children need to be a little bit outside, and it's good for them with the friends. There are a lot of good things about camp. There are a lot of things about camp that really need some adjustments, but the Dach Klal is a good thing. But, but, the, but they, need to have, they need to have as much as possible to be with their families. The Kalm, the Shama, and the Shama. Let's just read a little bit more. Mekalm the Shaman the Shaman should be probably very angry. I'm saying things I shouldn't say. I mean, not that I, not that they're not true. It's just maybe I shouldn't be saying it. So please don't take it personally, because I don't really know what anybody does. It's just I, I just you know, there's, there's an inyan like this that's taking place. So that's what I'm saying. Mekalm the Shaman the Shaman shavini shabishamayim shaleach l'teicha teiva azu. Every single neshama that Hashem's bar sends into this boat, into this house. Call Yelit, every child. Call Nishama. Nichtav Lamala Be'ez Atevah Yikanes. He has his address. We learned this before. That little kid, before he came to the world, got an address. Which boat to go to? Which boat? Which is your Teva? This is your Teva. And here's the captain. Nice to meet you. Right? And and uh, and here's the, I don't know what, the maitre d', I don't know what. Everybody's here. We're here to serve you. Welcome on board. Right? Everybody, and the kids are sent exactly, every kid is sent with that ta- to that table, to his particular boat. The Bechina says, the Kolbei like the Barishon said to Noah, come, come with the entire family into the, into the table. Hashem invited. Come. So that means that every single, every single child is guided and is directed and is sent specifically into that table, into that boat. This is not just for them. This is a this is a commandment for all time. Like we said before, that everything in the Torah is forever. So too, this is a commandment for all time that Hashem is telling us what Hashem is commanding us the same way He told Noah, go into the Teva. There's a flood. Hashem is commanding us as parents to bring our children to the Teva. And to close, and to close the doors, shut the windows, tar it on the inside and the outside from all things. To, to close up the to close up the teva, to protect the teva. What, a, what an unbelievable mitzvah that we have that we have nowadays. To close the windows and to shut the doors, to turn off the telephones, to turn off. There was a, there was a kid that was telling me that he was sitting in the house and he had for three hours he was trying to talk to his father about something in school and his father kept on getting distracted you know it didn't work out he couldn't get a sentence in the kit so you know what he did? he went to his room and he called his father on the cell phone <laughs> father picked up the cell phone he didn't even know that the kid wasn't there he picked up the cell phone hello? Hey, hi daddy what are you doing? So I thought maybe I could talk to you this way because I see when someone calls him on the cell phone you give him five minutes I can't get a minute from you so the kid told me this he called his father on the cell phone 
It's a chutzpah, I mean, it's a chutzpah, but the kid was desperate. You know, Hashem, is, Hashem is should, should protect us that our children shouldn't see such a thing, they shouldn't feel that way. But in order to get our attention, they could see they could see a mother on the phone for an hour and a half helping everybody in the world with their problems. You know what? It makes no difference. All the friends in the world, I know it sounds terrible. You close the doors, you lock the windows, you shut up the phones, you unplug everything. That's that's what that's what we have to do. We can't always do it. But the children have to know that when it comes down to it, we're prepared to do it, and sometimes we do do it. But they should feel that there's nothing else, there's no one else in the world that exists, at least for this time. Only us. It used to be that when you came into a house, when I was growing up, if the phone rang like twice, you know, at night, if the phone rang, you know, it was, you know, uh, cousin Hen you, you know. Like, yeah, well, what was it? When did the phone ring? When one of us, my sister and I were, when we were away, we used to call every couple of hours, you know, to check in. Other than that, when did the phone ring, Bechlal? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even think it was twice. I don't remember it really ringing at night. It wasn't, uh, they didn't have a thing like that, you know, to call each other. Bechlal, it wasn't as you know from the, from the, that world, it wasn't like this thing with this blabbering and schmoozing on the phone. They weren't, they really weren't into it. But, but I don't remember that. But you have kids nowadays that they, they could watch a mother and the mother's busy all the time like coaching and helping and this and that and, and strategies with friends and with their problems and their union and, and the kids so they had what? So then those that have televisions there, so the television will be the child's friend. So you say take the kid and pop in front of the television and at least at least the nice lady the, the nice lady on the on the television, she says something to you. She talks to me a little bit. But that's her that's the companionship. Or, or they say by the guard that like a, a dog is a person's best friend, it's not a Rahmanis. It's the biggest Rahmanis in the world. How could it be a dog is someone's friend? But you have children that surround themselves with, with, with living dogs and they surround themselves with stuffed animals and the mother's on the phone for four hours. The father doesn't get home from work until one in the morning. So who's his best friend? Who's the best friend? No, Snoopy or something, right? You know, some dog on the on the some dog. That's where we're living. We're living in crazy in a crazy time. So just another two minutes. The same way as we learn when the child comes into Cheder, when he comes into school, we put the talis like we learned last time. You surround the kid, the little boy, you take him for the first time to Cheder, you wrap him in a talis. What's the talis? The tzitzit reminds you, like we say in Shema, don't let your eyes wander. We wrap the talis around the child that the child shouldn't see. The first trip to Cheder, the little boy shouldn't see anything, just the talis. That his eyes, that what we're saying is, Hashem help my child, that his eyes should never ever look in the wrong place. He should only see good things. That his eyes should be surrounded with, with the surrounding lights. Being holy, like we say in Shema, by the Hashem who took you out of Egypt. I took you out of Egypt, I took you out of all those places that are disgusting and I brought you to me. Egypt was the opposite of pureness. This is the only way that we could save. This is the only way that we could save our kids before Mashiach comes to save them. It says in the Navi that, that when Mashiach comes, we're going to we're going to have wonders that like we saw when we left when we left Egypt, and this is what we have to do now. We have to protect our children. Shia Matzav Abchinishal Nun Plaus. Neflaus means from the word Nun, fifty Plaus wonders. Veshoshiyah Pele Elyon Eshkash Baruch Matzal Tnishmas Shami Shahanun. What's the greatest wonder of all? Neflaus. The word Nifla, a wonder, is Nun fifty Pele wonder, which means the greatest wonder of all. 
and Hashem's going to show us this when Mashiach comes, is how we were able to raise holy Jewish children, even though we lived in the 50th place of impurity. There was no greater wonder. All the earliest tzaddikim were going to be astounded with the greatness of our generation that we raised children to be holy, even though they were living during the marvel. Hashem is going to show us, is showing us now amazing, wondrous things before Mashiach comes. Even though in the entire world is a crazy, crazy flood, the world is totally Meshuggah. But still we have the ability, even though it's so crazy, it's much more difficult now than ever before, we have the ability to wrap our children and to close them up in that world of the tzitzis, of the talus, of the teva, of the boat. Liz to shut close the doors of the teva from the flood. Even what? Even if the child is thrown from one end of the world to the other. Like the four confes of the talus. Like it says before Mashiach comes, it says in the Navi Necha that we're like crawling in the dirt. There's a way still, tzitzis is, is the tzitzis of the clothing, and it's also the curls of the hair are called tzitzis. And it says that Hashem will pull us out by, the, by our hair from all types of impurity. So that's the meaning of pulling, like by pulling by the tzitzis, means that we have the ability, even though it's a crazy world, to grab hold of our kids and to, and to keep them with us, that they shouldn't drown in the flood. That's how the child begins his life in Cheder, by being by coming to Cheder, uh, wrapped in the talus. Okay, Mr. Shem, we'll continue next time.